This is In the Making, and I'm Teresa Al. I'm so excited to be bringing you this podcast with intimate stories and life lessons from the front lines of the creator economy. On In the Making, you'll hear from content creators, communicators, marketers, designers, and the folks who do a little bit of everything, the slashies. So join me every two weeks for revealing and honest conversations where we get to find out together how these creators overcome the challenges of being small business owners and creatives at the same time. Thank you so much for being here with us. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking with creative director and founder of storefront and design studio, Yaoi, Shannon Maldonado. Some of you may have seen the recent profile of Shannon and Yaoi in the New York Times. Over the past seven years, she's been steadily building her business to grow from an online shop with pop-up locations and inventory stored in her spare bedroom to a storefront in her hometown of Philadelphia. In April, she closed the original store to prepare for its new location on the ground floor of a historical building where it now serves as the anchor space for the Yaoi Hotel. The shop and companion coffee shop serve as the unofficial hotel lobby for the property, which allows for guests to buy any of the furniture and decor items they want. To me, that is a dream. Like, it's just a dream. Shannon is also the producer and host of the TV series Small Enough, which highlights stories of other creative entrepreneurs. And like I do, she also has a background in fashion, having spent over a decade in design in New York. Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah, so speaking of Yaoi, out of my own curiosity, and I think most of my guests will wonder, where did the name Yaoi come from? I get asked that the most, as it's actually Australian slang for Bigfoot, the mythological creature. And at the time I chose it because it had almost a forced upward inflection. Like most people say, Yaoi, like they say it as a very positive word, which I thought was great. And it didn't really have any connotation in the U.S. I love it. Yaoi, the way you say yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how most people say it. Even when they're not sure how to pronounce it, they go, yeah. Love I love. I love it. So you went from fashion to interiors to starting an online shop to brick and mortar store and, and hospitality now in Philadelphia. Walk me through that journey of going out on your own and also going back to your hometown of Philly. Yeah, we started kind of as a series of notebooks and just rough ideas of knowing that I wanted to create my own space. I didn't know if that was going to be a physical space or a digital space around 2015. And I started the brand in early 2016 with just 12 products online and just kind of something felt different immediately about it for me. I had worked in corporate fashion for a little over a decade and was just kind of feeling a bit like a cog in the whole system and not like I was making an impact. And there was something about every time I traveled for work, I'd bring back some kind of souvenir or a t-shirt or a ceramic item or just something special. And I thought, what if I could create a gift shop that was, you know, not necessarily from my travels, but just from my interests and that I was able to then kind of become the cheerleader and the amplifier for these makers and artists and just started cold emailing these artists that I liked and wanted to see if they work with me. The first few said yes, which led to that first collection. And then it's so unlikely I am such a risk averse person, but something told me to just start and really try to get the brand offline. 
So I ended up going to my boss and quitting my job. And she was a bit confused, honestly, at the time that I was leaving for this kind of fledgling project that I'd started working on. And I moved back to Philly a month later and just hit the ground running, trying to meet people, trying to connect, hosting our first series of pop-ups. But it was a very big leap for me, a very scary. I'd saved some money up, but it still was very out of my comfort zone to just leave behind my cushy job. But I knew there was something that felt very different about working on it from the very beginning. And I was, no exaggeration, I was obsessed with it from the second I really pressed publish and started working on it. Wow. So we did this first pop-up and Yowie has been like a series of serendipitous events. So my friend had a friend that worked at Pinterest and he's like, they'd love to come shadow you during this pop-up. So like the team from Pinterest recorded our first like pop-up and the week building up. And that was like a big part of the story. And then that led to other pop-ups. And then I found the storefront of, at the time was my dream. It was a really tiny storefront on this street called Fabric Row that I'd shopped a lot with my mom as a kid. It was historically um, a garment district. We started that shop in 2017 and we posted community events, workshops, pop-ups, been the first shop for many artists and makers, uh, seen them grow throughout their career and it all just snowballed from there. Yeah, I have so many questions. Yeah, (laughs) you started this thing while you were still in fashion and then you decided to quit. Yeah. You didn't know anything about running your own business, right? So how did you figure it out? So part of my time at my last company, which was American Eagle, I was part of a team that was called 77 Kids and we launched a brand that didn't work out. So I saw a brand from conception to death over the course of four years and saw what went into that. Everything from the first ideas of the business model to closing in the final stores. So that was a very incredible experience that really stuck with me of like, wow, building a brand is really hard, but it's also so magical and so special. So that was kind of my first nuggets of like, can I do this myself? I've just watched this company do it and I've seen the things that I think we do right and things we did wrong in that scenario. I was listening to tons of how I built this and reading articles on Forbes and Inc. and just trying to understand how other people did it. I Googled how to create like a business plan and a line sheet. And I just researched. I'm a big researcher. I interviewed a few friends that were doing it too, like and asked them, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that's going on for you? But I just did a ton of research. So let's talk about Philly. You, you're building something that feels really modern in a traditional city. I love Philly, by the way. Yes. Could this project have become what it is today if you hadn't gone to Philly? Like, do you envision it elsewhere in the world? I don't think it would be the same thing. I think a big part of why I came back to Philly is that, honestly, it's just a lower cost city. And I'd talked to a few friends that had a small business in New York and they were like, it's really hard. Like our rents are really high and we've kind of had to tailor the business based on that. And because I was leaving my job, I really wanted to have the time and the space to be able to make mistakes and not have it take us under instantly. And I also felt like I had my family's from here. I'm from here. And a lot of my friends would visit. I'd be like, oh, where do you guys go shopping? And they're like, there's like three stores. I'm like, how are there three stores in like a major city? It doesn't make any sense. So I felt that there was a hole in the market that I wanted to fill and that it would make a bigger impact. I think if we were in New York, I think we'd be successful. It would kind of be like many other design shops. 
I think it was a very smart business decision. But now that we opened the hotels, people keep asking where we're going next, and there is no next for us at this time. I really want this to remain our flagship, if not forever, for as long as possible. One of my biggest inspirations is Sarah Adelman of Colette had one store, did many outside projects. I'm sure people were begging them to expand Colette. Mm-hmm. And I love that they just kept it one special space. Yeah, so this is your home base. This is our flagship, our home base, mothership. Yes, yes. You're grounded, grounded in Philly. So you talk about Yowie being a brand built on community. Community is a key word and it's a passion of mine. So what is the connection or through line between the two, community and one of a kind design? Even if they don't want to be an artist or maker, just being in that world is fulfilling and exciting to them. So I feel like the shop has become the intersection of different groups of people the makers and the people that just have an affinity for design and create this community together. Because so many of the people that love the brand would say, I'm just a nurse or, you know, I work in finance, but they want to create a beautiful home or they want to support people that are making interesting things. So from day one, Yowie had impeccable graphics and photography. That's a quote from our friends at Sight Unseen. How has the aesthetic or brand voice changed or not in the seven years that you've been working on it? Mm -hmm. I think the brand voice has changed and stayed the same. When I got back to Philly, I didn't really know anyone. I'd been gone for 12 years. I had a handful of friends, but I was essentially starting over. So I cold emailed and messaged over 100 people that I found through like, a gallery that I thought was cool or a geotag at a museum or a music show. And I was like, hey, I'm new here. I'm doing this thing. I would love for you to come and check it out. And I think starting and leading the brand with that humility, I think now that's such a part of the brand DNA is just being open and kind of like trying to bring everyone into the space and into the process. I think we've always led with humility or we don't take ourselves too seriously but we are very serious about wanting to support artists and makers and brands, and that has never changed. That's amazing. How much room is there for experimentation or play if you're trying to communicate a strong vision to your audience and customers? That's a really good question. I think the way I've approached that with a brand is that while we're known for some things, we're always kind of keeping you on your toes. We're seasonless. We make what products we want. Today we're selling ceramics. Tomorrow we could be selling cookies. We're going to just see what what inspires us. So I think because we've left that open and our audience is so used to us switching things up all the time, it allows us to try things. And everything we've released is not a hit. Everything released does not sell out, does not always resonate. Some of them are very selfish like things. And I'm just like, I just love this and I don't care if Two people buy it. I just have to put it out into the world. So that is kind of where I get to play is just by switching up what we both release and sell and who we work with also inside and outside of the shop. Like we've worked with really small brands and artists. We've also worked with Nordstrom. It's like we've we go back and forth like between small brands and big brands and even getting into like the design of the hotel. I really try to challenge typical hotel color palettes and juxtapositions of furniture. Like we're always just mixing it up. And I think that's where the sense of play continues for me as a creative person. Yeah, yeah. 
Now that you're making this big bet on interiors and hospitality with your new hotel coffee shop venture, how much of what you've expanded into was part of your original vision versus it evolving? Some of it, I think, was always planted like in the back of my mind and some of it is far beyond anything I could have dreamed. So when I first started the brand and got our storefront, my goal was for someone high up at the ace or the standard to come to the shop and be like oh my god this is amazing you're our gift shop person this is how i cosplayed it in my mind they're gonna come and find me and anoint me but the international gift shop person and then i would travel and like create gift shops for them so i always wanted to be affiliated with hospitality i never got to travel that much as a kid and i love 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 staying in hotels it's the most romantic thing to me is to stay in a hotel and be in this other country this other city i did not know it was going to be my hotel that the gift shop would be a part of that was not on my bingo card i think these little nuggets i planted years ago or you know seeds are finally blooming but not in this way that i assumed they would but in a much better way Mm -hmm. in the end of the day Yeah. Wow. Your dreams are actually coming true. You know, I think that a lot of my audience will probably have the same question. How did you expand into a hotel from being a designer, creative person? When I was a pop-up in 2017, a man came to my event. It was like a local developer, entrepreneur. And he was like, wow, this is really different. You're doing something really cool. I would love to work with you. But then as these things go, nothing happened for over a year. We kept running into each other because Philly is a very small town. And then he called me one day and he's like, I have this space I want you to look at. It's really unique. I don't know if you do anything like this, but come check it out. And it was what became the Deacon, which is a hotel project. My now friend and partner had found this space that was an old church that was in disrepair that had been placed on the historic register. And when that happened... A lot of people that were interested in developing it were no longer interested because they couldn't tear it down and turn it into condominiums or something. It had to kind of be in its current state. He toured me and then he's like, what do you think? And I was like, it's stunning. I love it. What what do I have to do with it? And he's like, I want you to do the interior design. It's going to be a hotel. And I was like, okay, I've never done that before, but I will kill for this job. And I definitely am interested. So that was like this crazy conversation we had. Both of us kind of looked at each other and said, he's like, I've never opened a hotel. And I was like, I've never designed a hotel. Let's do this together. And I came on as a consultant for that project. So that was my first taste of designing a hotel. And from that, I did another project with the same team called Die House in Providence. And both were adaptive reuse, which was very important to me. And then we were sitting in my store in the summer of 2018. Me and Everett was one of the partners on that group. And I was like, I want to expand my brand. I feel like we could be in a mixed use building with like artist studios. And he was like, Yowie should be a hotel. And I was like, how would we even do that? And he's like, no, Yowie should be a hotel. It makes total sense. You already do hospitality here through retail. You have this audience that loves, you know, the space you designed for us. I designed this co-working space after the Deacon called Ethel's Club in New York that had gotten some really great press. And he's like, I think you you should be at a hotel. And I really went home and I was like, he's out of his freaking mind. I don't know what he's talking about. And then I woke up the next day. I was like, oh my God, is Yowie a hotel? And for a year, we just crunched the numbers. It was like almost a whole year of just like, does this financially make sense? And this is like the real talk. And then from there, it was like, okay, we think this is a viable model. Now we got to find a building. 
That was another 10 months. So now we're two years from this conversation. We find a building that we love. Now we have to get it rezoned to become a hotel. That's a really challenging process. But the good thing is that because my store had been in the same neighborhood for almost five years at that point, when we got to the zoning hearing, which is usually with the neighborhood first, they knew you. Most people there had already known me or they'd been in the shop. My one partner, Billy, we left the meeting goes, that was the most positive zoning meeting I think I've ever been in in 30 years. And then we came out on the other side saying, okay, we're going to pull our money together and buy this building. And as a team, we're going to run and launch this hotel. And then the building will be the landlord of Yaoi, the store, and what became Wim the Cafe. And each of us have a different skill set. And I tell people all the time, I am the designer. I'm the brand voice. I do marketing. I do PR. My partner, Everett, is the finance whiz, project manager. Billy is our construction engineering partner. And then Val, Everett's wife, is our head of operations. Uh, we were truly like a Bauer Rangers, for lack of a better word, of all of us bringing these skill sets that we've honed at other positions. We're taking a different approach to every single thing that we do in this hotel and in this space because we don't have a hospitality background. The story is so inspiring because I think my audience can't say, I don't have experience in that. I can't do that. You know, there are ways to get around it. And I think having a team with diverse background and experience is really a dream. Definitely. And like, do we get everything right? Of course not. But we learn along the way. It's definitely one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And we're learning every single day here. Yeah. It seems like you work in the shop yourself while also taking on larger projects as creative directors at your design studio. How do you balance wanting to scale and grow with staying small and nimble? Ooh, that's a good one. I see us growing as a brand, both through my team and then through my personal practice of doing interior design outside of the shop. I have a small team that works in the shop, but I've been doing everything I can behind the scenes to give them dynamic projects. It's like one of my shop team members loves Pinterest and loves like customer experience. And they're like, okay, let's work on how to engage our audience through Pinterest. Like that's an avenue we haven't tried before. And the other loves merchandising. So like you will be in charge of changing the store every few times a month to make the guests feel like there's new stuff for them to discover. So I think I'm finally in a place where the business is financially allowing me to have a fairly full-time team. And through that, I want to nurture their interests, which both inspires them to be here and allows me to get off the floor and to work on other things. Yeah, yeah. On In the Making, we're all about the creator economy about creativity, like I said, and business and living online. Why did you decide to start telling stories of other creative entrepreneurs with your TV show, Small Enough? Genuinely, I think it's inspiring. That's how I started, was hearing the stories of others, hearing the successes, hearing the failures. I think there's so much that we have in common, even when we do completely different things. One of the first guests we talked to, she is the owner and the partner of a vocational school that is now 200 plus businesses inside of it. Like she runs this building that runs a whole city block in every direction. Why would we have something in common, run this tidy shop and now this hotel, but we had so much in common about how we figure out things like reaching out for help. It's so fun to hear how others do it. 
And for me that then after each episode say, oh man, I wish I had thought of that. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket for next time. So it's really about sharing those stories and those commonalities. Where can people watch the show? The first episode is up on YouTube. Then we're currently filming three more episodes that will release at the end of September. Where do you find the time to do all of this? Run your shop, you know, create your clients and then do a TV show. The honest answer is I don't find the time yet of working on it. I feel like when I started this, we were in a moment of we're all running. We're like, we do this and this and this. And it's so sexy to be like, you know, a slashy and do a million things. And I think I'm hitting a point where I would like to have more time outside of work. I just got married a few weeks ago. I know. Congratulations. I'd like, thank you. Thank you. I'd like to travel more. Um, and I'd also like to like, give my team space to feel like I'm not always kind of being a helicopter parent. It's a really lovely space to work in. I'm going to go eat my lunch outside after this. And it's it's great. It's hard to stay away at the same time. Yeah, I know what you mean. You're so dedicated. It's your passion. It's your baby. It's my baby. It's my baby. Exactly. Um, Well, clearly in-person hospitality and shopping are so important to you and your sense of community as well. Obviously, you have your online shop, but how do you see the role of social media when it comes to Yaoi? Lately, we've been trying to start to share some of the behind the scenes of the collaborations we've done with artists and makers in the hotel, trying to share the space itself. It's definitely like our largest driver of like getting people into the building. We're losing community spaces and somehow retail became a community space in many ways where people can gather. We have an event on Saturday that I knew was just going to be so many people hanging out and getting to each other and chatting and meeting new ones. AI cannot replace that. They will try. They cannot replace that. There's just no way. Yeah. Would you use AI in your designs at all as a launching pad or? I do see it as a tool. I've played with it a little bit with like color or layouts and things and I think that it is so fascinating like it's hard to not be fascinated even if I also find it terrifying in many ways we've used it to help with copy for our website none of us are copywriters by trade and sometimes you just need that little like kickoff almost everything we've ever done with AI we still edit ourselves we still like take a second pass at it but it sometimes is a helpful tool for certain things. And I, I do see it being possibly a bigger part of our practice over time. You have so much going on and I feel like you've succeeded in so many ways. Do you feel like you're successful right now or what would it take to feel that? Oh, man, I think I feel like there's still things I want to achieve for the brand and for myself. But one success I do feel already is that I come in every day and I can decide what we're going to do, what we're going to sell, who we're going to work with. You know, I might see something on the way to work, this crazy idea that I share with the team, like that freedom of ideas, even if they're not all good ideas, is a very big success for me creatively because I really did start the brand to find myself again creatively. The most rewarding part of my practice is when I visit an artist that's kind of just starting out or maybe still figuring out what they want to do. And I'm like, I love this. Like, I'm obsessed with this. Like, this is so nice. And they're like, really? And just seeing the spark of like them starting to see themselves the way I am seeing them or how I know other people will see their work is priceless. Like that is like the best feeling to give someone a little confidence boost. I love it. You're spreading creativity. You're spreading 
just design all around and happiness. I hope so. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So my last question for every guest is a vision word for yourself. Like you've done so much already this year. When you look forward to the rest of 2023, what is your one word? I do think for me, it's balance. I do think I need more balance (laughs) personally. It's really hard. And I think every entrepreneur will tell you, you have to love it. And then once you love it, it's really hard to stop doing it. Like it's hard for me to turn it off and not think about Yowie when I'm not here. But I do have other interests. I think continuing to build my team's confidence and their ownership of the space with me is a big goal for me to be able to be like, all right, you guys got it. I'm gonna, I'm not coming in this weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Yeah, I think that's a solid plan. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I feel so inspired that I too can follow my dreams. <laughs> yes, thank you. And please, if you're ever in Philly, let us know. We'd love to host you. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Thank you so much. I had so much fun chatting with Shannon today, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation as well. I've learned so much, and I'm personally feeling very inspired to start small and to grow big. I loved hearing her perspective on brand building and how to allow space for your business to evolve into new shapes and form. My main takeaways from our chat today were, one, build your community. By hosting pop-up events, Shannon met the people who would become her collaborators in her hospitality projects. If you see someone online doing amazing work, take that leap and slide into their DMs. You might just make a friend or find a collaborator. Two, give yourself options to grow. Shannon's store is seasonless and the name Yowie doesn't limit her offerings. Create a platform that can expand with your creative interests. Three, Dreams can become reality, so keep dreaming big and see where it takes you. Shannon dreamed of sourcing for gift shops and hotels, and now she has her own store and hotel. This is In The Making, and I'm Teresa Ao. I'll be back with a new guest and new inspiration from the creator economy every two weeks. So please take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like the episode, be sure to give us a rating and a review in your podcast app. We're brand new, so we'd really appreciate it if you share the show with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in a fortnight.